0: Too much, it's in my
1: head. From university, I went into all business. And I was like, this is a reality. Like, I don't even know what I want to do. Man, this is not for me whatsoever. I'm not interested in it at all. You try to get back into it, and it's like, how do you start doing something that you don't love and you don't love to do? You can't put your full effort into that. And it just makes it so much more difficult to actually want to study and be better at that. You got to be able to put those extra hours in that the hours that people don't see you doing.
2: Now I'm shaking off the rush.
0: welcome back everybody to episode 13 of the quarter life crisis podcast i'm your host jb here with co-host rig and today we just had an unreal interview with a dear friend of mine eric langlois who talked to us about what it takes to be an influencer and how he transitioned from being a nurse to an influencer and honestly guys you just got to take a listen
2: because it was a great interview Riggs, let's get into it what's going on i have a bone to pick with canadians Oh boy. Oh man. And the rest of the world, actually. Okay. Because the United States of America takes a lot of shit for using the Imperial system. 100%. And we use the metric system. We all give the American shit for using the Imperial, but we all just like to use whatever works for us best that day. Mm -hmm. When you turn your oven on, do you set it to 425 or do you set it to like 200? 425. Exactly. So don't ask them to switch if you're going to use their stuff too. You know, switch your oven to Celsius. True. You know, let's let's give them a little bit of a break here. Okay, and here's the big thing. Not even the oven talk. I don't know about you,
0: but when you talk about The temperature outside. What do you say? Like, let's say it's a
2: nice day. It's hot out. What are you going to say? Summer. I am Fahrenheit all the way. All the way. Above 60 degrees. I am 60 to 110 or whatever. Yep. I don't know what the temperature is in spring and fall. I just always wear a coat and pants. Yep. I'll take off my sweater if Mm -hmm. I need to. In the winter, Mm -hmm. it's always celsius exactly
0: once it hits zero i I now can gauge the temperature via celsius oh it's negative one it's negative two it's one degree it's two degrees three the middle range you're so spot on no idea no idea could be like 50 40 10
2: i don't know what 10 feels like 10 celsius i don't know how to dress for 10 no i i don't know i don't know is Is that T-shirt? Could be. I don't don't know. know. I think it's because we're Windsor Canadian. We get Detroit news sometimes, so we're a little bit American. So we're we get confused.
0: I guarantee you, you go
2: to Alberta, they're like, dude, what what is four twenty-five? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yes. You think so? (laughs) On the oven. I wonder, man. I'm sold on the idea that everyone around, maybe not Europe, but Canada is all 425. Maybe you're right because maybe that's a manufacturing thing. Yeah. But outdoor
0: temperatures, there's no way they're using Fahrenheit. Yeah, they like, are what you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, guys, take a listen. We've got an excellent episode coming for you today. Eric Langlois coming on the show. Sitting in front of us here today is an influencer with over 25,000 followers on the big IG. He's a nurseman, a male nurse slash nurse. An aspiring nurse anesthetist with a dream at one time to become the next Avicii. Ladies love him. Dudes want to be him. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the banger, the langer, langs, legs, Waluigi, and last but not least, Mr. Fun, Eric Langlois. Langs, what is going on today, brother?
1: Good morning, fellas. Good to be here. Thanks for having me here.
0: Hey, no problem, no problem. Listen, Langer, it's a great day having you on the show. I just want to get started with something real quick. We became good buds in university. We went to school together at U Windsor in the nursing program. The main reason we wanted to have you on the show today was to talk about your career path and what you did. Because you veered off the beaten path a little bit here and there. But there was something that always pissed me off about you in nursing school. Okay? (laughs) And I'm just going to hit you hard with it here is that I don't get it, to be honest. But all the girls in nursing were always talking about Eric Langlois, this guy. And you came in two years after me to the U and I was like, who the heck is this Eric Langlois dude? But all the girls wanted you, and I was always confused. Like, what what kind of, like, thing do you put off that's getting you this attraction all the time?
1: It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't think so. doesn't make sense.
0: I wouldn't get it either. <laughs> I understand. I mean, I had competition against GB. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone loved this guy. This guy was the personality of our class. And uh, I just wanted to understand a little more background of that. But also, why do they call you Mr. Fun? Where did this come oh, from? Oh,
1: Big Fun, capital F. Every time we go out, it was like life of the party, just trying to get everybody going, get the boys together. Always down for, you know, whatever you want to do. Let's go do it. Yeah. For the moment, you guys want to go do something? Let's go for it. No strings attached. Just go outside, go have some fun.
0: Did that start with you uh wanting to be a DJ when you were younger? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Getting the, uh I used to have like a DJ mixing board. I thought for sure we're going to VG style land.
0: You but did? Dude, it. Like, oh, was, man, this a, yeah. was this an actual dream of yours? You know, it was more of like a
1: hobby. It was like, I ah, would put something together see what happens. Not into the sense of like actually making music. It would be like more like mixing stuff, putting like, you know, those mashups when like uh, all those other order- artists are coming out and they're just doing mashups nonstop. It was like, man, I'm doing this. This would be sick.
0: Yeah. I was like, this is not going to be realistic whatsoever. (laughs) But it was just a cool
1: little side hobby to do, keep the, pass the time.
0: Getting back to it, it must have been tough because you were in a program with probably about 90% girls.
1: Yeah, there was not many males in the program that we were
0: in. No, definitely not. Might be a bad thing, might be a good thing. But you had this long-term relationship with your girlfriend. Can you dive in a little bit on what happened if you feel comfortable but can you dive yeah, yeah. in on how you met and what happened here because this is a crazy story i think
1: yeah this is going on this is like first year nursing that we were in and it happened to be that we we're going away for you know our spring break whatnot ended up finding a cruise me and dave of all people and a few more got other guys from florida like miami all around the bahamas and then back to like key west area and she happened to be on the cruise with a, a friend of hers as well and first night second night different stories okay no one remembers ended up meeting up with her one night and then just try to look for her every single night on the cruise and then next thing you know we're, we're talking a little bit more and it turned out that she was living in toronto at the time oh sweet was fantastic because when the cruise finished i was able to go and visit in toronto a few times go back and forth she would come to windsor or i would go to toronto
0: oh so that's so, how you kind of made it work at first
1: for Everyone listening that she's originally from brazil and she was doing part of her medical training in canada by her being in toronto it was super easy to make things work and feel a little bit more able to you know talk and hang out actually instead of being full long distance fast forward we end up talking a little bit more end up going down to toronto area to visit the whole thing began in february so we're already in like april may kind of time now mm-hmm. and she's supposed to move back to brazil to finish up med school in brazil so there's a good chunk of time where we had to do the whole long distance thing between canada and brazil which is insane Yeah. go back and think about it
0: that was crazy because i i still remember like you would were you going like intermittently like what every couple months you'd fly out to brazil she'd fly out to canada right
1: i wouldn't say every couple months that's a ton of money oh my god like <laughs> a flight a flight easily was like almost a grand sometimes dude. it's got to be
2: a seven hour flight no yeah i, like,
1: I want to say like eight yeah like
2: it's like way south
1: like, yeah it was just like medicate me put me to sleep (laughs) put the tube in my throat let me sleep the whole way there (laughs) funny enough first time i didn't realize that you needed a traveler's visa to go to brazil so my flight i took out of toronto had my my dad drive me all the way to toronto had everything packed ready to go get into the gate which i'm sitting right by the gate i'm already checked in and everything and they call me up to the front of the gate and the lady's like hey uh we got to check your visa real quick let's see what's going on with it sure enough took out my wallet Visa credit card. Here you go. Maybe I missed a <laughs> charge or something like that. Great. Take my visa. The lady goes, she's like blank stare at me. Just goes, no, you're a traveler's visa, idiot. What are you doing here? <laughs> Give her my visa. I'm like, no, this is the only visa I have. She's like, how did you get this far without a traveler's visa? And I'm like, what is a traveler's visa? What do I need this for? I never heard any of this. I've never been told I need a traveler's visa. She goes, this has got to be a joke. There's no way you've made it this far. There's no way you've checked in at the front. Already gave your bags to the airline. And you don't have a traveler's visa. I'm like, listen, lady, this is all I got. I don't know what you're talking about. This is completely brand new to me. Flight's arriving in 20 minutes. And she goes, I hate to say, but you're not getting on this flight. What are you talking about? There's no way. I got. I have people meet me at the airport once I land. I have all this set up already. She's like, listen, pal, you're not getting on the flight today. You're getting on the flight tomorrow. You're not getting <laughs> on the flight the next day. She's like, you have to go to the consulate in Toronto you have to go to the consulate for Brazil uh, get a whole bunch of photographs taken for your visa you have to get all this app, uh, applications done send them money get it she's like that could take a week could take two could take a month
0: we'll see so then you whip out your library card and you're like listen I need to get on this flight <laughs> i know some people who know some people <laughs> um so is this for anyone anyone wanting to go to brazil is this a learning point here that yeah this is for everyone we can't go to brazil without a traveler's visa it is unbelievable though uh like what you did to make this happen like what you and ingrid did to stay together because like you were so far away and like for two years she was in brazil
1: yeah it was a good chunk of time at least two years yeah because we made it through whole nursing school basically that was another three years at least holy
0: shit and it is it is crazy hey eh? when you were saying you're on the trip like first day you meet her and then for the rest of that trip you're probably like okay you know like where is she where's she going tonight and you know you know what i mean you're like you're like mm-hmm. constantly thinking about okay we gotta we gotta meet up with her here you know what i mean
1: yeah we try to go to the like, wherever the bar was rip down a few shots and then go looking for, <laughs> for the people <laughs>
0: but the last time we kind of were in cahoots was in nursing school our last two years and we spent quite a bit of time together within those last couple years ever since then i kind of haven't seen you other than on instagram and where you left off so can you Mm -hmm. give us like a little update on after nursing school what happened to you and what kind of the career path was just give us cole's notes on where you went and what happened
1: so after nursing school i was just trying to get to work in the states as quickly as i can so that way I could go see Ingrid and go move out with her. She ended up starting her residency in Miami. So once I graduated, I hurried up and started working in Detroit in the ER. Worked in Detroit for a year. Tried getting my whole visa and whatnot to go work in Florida because that's where she was at. Fast forward a year, ended up getting into Florida. Moved in, worked at another ER there. I was there for a year and a half. Year and a half ish. She was there for a total of three years doing her residency. Here we are now today in Chicago. So we've gone from Detroit, Miami, Chicago, Canada, Brazil. We're just making the moves all over. Yes,
0: and now this was all because of her residency, right? She, you were kind of bouncing around based on her her medical school residency mm-hmm. opportunity. Now we're, exactly. in Miami, were you were you downtown Miami in like one of the ERs down there?
1: I wasn't downtown Miami. I was more it's like a half hour from South Beach, half hour from Fort Lauderdale, kind of right in that middle in between. Oh yeah. So it was a super, super, super busy ER. Um, it was a level two trauma center. So it's the same thing. Like we were like right in the middle of everything where, you know, other hospitals are a little farther away and we're that main trauma center right in the right where we're at everything and anything we got
0: do you have any crazy stories from being there in the er like was there one thing that maybe stuck out to you and second of all i usually don't like getting into it but you were consistently in the er through the whole pandemic right and we usually don't like to to talk about covid too much but like dude you were front lines through it all i hopped out of nursing right before the pandemic started and i got my new job before mm-hmm. then. So I kind of wanted to see your perspective on it. So start us off with a funny story from Miami and then dig into that.
1: Funny stories. It's, it's hard to say, but we have this like psych area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people come in, you got to get them out of their clothes and whatnot. Oh yeah. And you know, just to make sure that they're safe, they have nothing on them. that's going to hurt them. So buddy walks in, got brought in by uh, EMS and EMS is like, yeah, we just found this guy wandering on the, like, the highway coming over, like the curbs, the medium and just going, Right across the whole highway. So he stopped, picked him up, brings him in. Your buddy's like acting a little off. And he's like kind of pacing around. I bring him to the bathroom. And, hey, buddy, change into his gown. Put your stuff in this bag and we'll get you situated. Comes out. Bunch of food in one pocket. Granted, he's got no backpack. All he's wearing is like the t-shirt and jeans. Bunch of food in his hand. Comes out. With a dildo. This big. <laughs> this big. And goes, hold on to this for me. I want it when I leave. <laughs> everybody looks at each other like put on a pair of gloves we don't know where that thing came from but hey it was wild
0: dude i swear to god you see the craziest stuff in that er man man that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life it
1: was (laughs) insane it was like almost too good to be true like who's doing this like nobody's just carrying around this thing for fun here
0: oh my my god God. dude (laughs) like i said moving into it you were there during the whole pandemic. What was it like when it was craziness and we didn't know what COVID was all about? And And
1: it was, it was so wild, it was crazy. I still remember the first few cases that we started getting, it was mayhem. So when the first one came in, like everyone's like, oh, we gotta call the CDC, we gotta call this, we gotta call that, like, we gotta isolate this person right away. Um, We gotta keep them in the very back of the ER. Nobody go near this person. Like, if you're the nurse, you're gonna be the only one with this person. Don't go in if you don't have to make all your care at one time so you don't have to keep going in and out and exposing yourself. It was wild. Like nobody had any idea what we're dealing with. Nobody knew what we're looking for or how bad it was or how bad it was to get. Because Florida F-
0: Florida was really rough at first, was it not?
1: Yeah, we got hit pretty good. There was no rules or anything yet. Nobody knew exactly how to control it or how to control people outside or how to prevent anything or protective measures. Nobody knew anything.
0: Yeah, so like when it first came out, like were you dealing with a lot of deaths like was there was it a scary time for you like going into the hospital at all
1: i wouldn't paint us like to be new york where it was just like morgues outside
0: that's what i'm wondering
1: that wasn't us but we were definitely having being overrun with people like a lot of people were in the hallways that we had more so than we, we normally have there was a lot more sick people with covid coming in they're just so scared and wouldn't know what to do but yeah i don't think we were like the morgue situation level yet granted we, i mean we had plenty of people pass away unfortunately which was just unnecessary, but that's what it was. wasn't the best of times, yeah.
2: Was it a little easier for you just because, like, you obviously didn't have, like, family or, like, loved ones other than, like, your girlfriend at home? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, you're, like, young, healthy people and, like, generally – even from the start, it was like we're going to be kind of unaffected. That mm-hmm. that was kind of easier to just get through it.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I thought it was going to be easy because a lot of people were living with their parents or living with in Miami. Every a lot of people have big group houses and big family houses and whatnot. And I think that was easier on us that we knew that number one we're younger, healthier, that kind of thing. So we're if we were to get sick, God forbid, you know that we'd be okay, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were definitely worried, you know, going back home, especially with their kids. A lot of doctors, a lot of nurses, and people working in the yard ER stayed in hotels for an extended period of time when they were working. Like if they had like a two or three week stint of work, you know, they'd go to the hospital and then they would go to their hotel after and just stay there and quarantine as best they could away from their family. I know a ton of people are still doing that actually, which is kind of funny, even after a year. Really? Yeah, I know a few people that still kind of do that. I think uh, more or less like they have a family member or someone who's a little bit more high risk and they're yeah. just doing their absolute best to keep them out of it.
0: Holy wow. At least now it's like we know a little bit what we're dealing with. But at that beginning mm-hmm. time when you were there, I always wanted to ask you because I was like, I-, I just got out of nursing right, right when that happened. You were still working front line in Florida where it was, where it was pretty bad. Yeah,
1: it was definitely, it was definitely bad. I'm not trying to downplay it at all, but Mm -hmm. I think the scariest thing for me was nobody had the right equipment. Nobody was getting the proper N95s, like the mask. Nobody was getting a good amount of gowns. Like it was awful. I remember one time, but we had a code, this person came in for one of the nursing facilities and there was like all the EMS in there. And next thing you know, the rules were to have, you know, one nurse, one doc, one respiratory therapist and you have to do everything. But this person needed even more higher level of care. They needed way more people in there. We needed more gowns. Of course, this person's COVID positive. And so we needed more gowns and I have to go up to the charge nurse. I'm like, Hey, I got eight people in here. They all need to be in here to provide this care. I need at least eight gowns. She goes, I have three. Make it work. Where do I go with that? Wow. You know? Awesome. It's thanks.
0: <laughs> thanks. Yeah,
1: thanks, thanks for looking out. Gotcha. Let me see what I got for you.
0: <laughs> so, so what'd you do? Take the scissors out and split it up or what? <laughs>
1: okay, you guys get the first half. I'll take the bottom half. See where it goes on.
0: Legs. let's dial it back because this is the part that I really wanted to hit with you is that where you started, you know, let's go back a long time ago when you were just graduating high school and you went into business to start. Because when you were in business, do you think it was that you, you just weren't interested in it? Or do you think you actually weren't as good at it as you were as in nursing school, let's say?
1: No business. Uh, So it started earlier than university. So I kind of geared my whole high school classes towards a business realm. I try to take more business classes, like I even stopped taking chemistry and all that. So with with high school, I, I started reverting all my classes to business style classes. So I did a little bit more accounting, some marketing classes, did a little bit more you know, business management classes. So I kind of stopped doing a lot of my sciences. You know, a lot of people kept doing grade 12, 11, whatever, um, chemistry, bio and whatnot. And I was just like, you know what? Go forward to doing all business related stuff. And then that's why I, just from university, I went into all business. And, but then when that came, I was like, this is a reality. Like, I don't even know what I want to do. This is,
2: I thought yes. you,
1: we wanted business. And then I was like, it looked fun. It looked like you maybe get into like the companies and start traveling with the company and start promoting co- products and stuff like that. Or even selling, who knows what you want to do. I was like, man, this is not for me whatsoever. I'm not interested in it at all. It was a hard time because it was like from one year to another. I, I think I did a year and a half, two years of business. I was like, man, this is no fun.
0: So you found yourself just totally questioning it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were still playing hockey at the time too. And it was like trying to go on road trips. And you're like, how do I study? How do, <laughs> how do I even do this? This is insane. And you're going to practice and stuff. And then I'm like, all right, this is, this is not working out. And like, in the end, grades suffered and stuff like that. And then you try to get back into it. And it's like, how do you how do you start doing something that you don't love and you don't love to do? You can't put your full effort into that. And it just makes it so much more difficult to actually want to study and be better at that.
0: Yes. And and see, like, this is a big thing because I find it's, it's tough to gauge for your sake. I'm not good at business. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm not good at, but sometimes it's just like, dude, I'm just not interested in it. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't put the work in to get the good marks. Like I'm just not there. Oh yeah, there. for
2: sure.
1: It was. It's definitely. You've got to have the drive if you're going to do anything, like playing hockey or anything. You got to be able to, like, you know, put those extra hours in. That the hours that people don't see you doing. So you got to be all able, able to push yourself and do it in that regard.
0: And because when you hopped over and transitioned into nursing, was mm-hmm. it a totally different ball game? Because I saw a different side of you than what other people were telling me about you in the business world like and what you were saying about you when you were in business school you know what i mean it was a completely
1: 180 because i started nursing all because my cousin who worked at your hospital at the time yes i followed her one day in the er and i was like man this is wild like the stuff that's coming in here is just insane like just taking adderall for the first time like, Oh my <laughs> god, what is this stuff this is amazing so, you know you get hooked on that like uh that rush that it gives you you know you have no idea what's coming in through the door you have no idea is this person going to live or going to die right here in this moment mm-hmm. you don't know what the trauma is going to be which was fantastic like because when i was there we saw multiple traumas all kind of different things car accidents gunshot stabbings and we're like this is what's going on in this place this is like wild here it, it so is. I, I was hooked after that that's basically what it was i was just hooked i was like okay i gotta get here some somewhere or whatever you know i gotta get there
0: Wow. And and then it transitioned into school because then you took mm-hmm. school pretty seriously and you were good.
1: I mean, if if that's what it took, because I had still had to make up all my chemistry and biomarks that I missed in high school. So I had to do a year prerequisites before I could even apply to nursing.
2: How hard was it to make that decision to do the pre health first is like, after you're already two years or a year and a half into a agree, it's like so hard to take that step back, right?
1: Exactly. It's like, do I even finish business and then try to at least get a degree there and have something to fall back on if I don't want it. And it was mostly like, boom, if I'm going to do this, jump in head first straight to the deep end, no water wings whatsoever, just go in for it. But yeah, it was a tough decision. I mean, you can't really take one of that like, that pretty lightly you know
0: especially so you now you're two years into business you got to drop back to go into pre-health mm-hmm. and you're in a program that 95 percent of the boys are chirping <laughs> you for and calling you like making meet the parents jokes at you you know what i mean <laughs> so that's so true uh, like
1: it, it must it must have been tough it's not definitely not a male-dominated field by any means no. <laughs> like, it's still like it's coming up now i mean it's great working in the ed you have a ton of guys working there it's a good group of Good group of dudes. But yeah, it's still heavily female-dominated.
0: Now, uh, Langer Banger, I wanted to transition into your influencer status yeah. You used to be my buddy, and now it's like I'm talking to someone famous. You started this influencer account while we were in school. Not too many people knew about it or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Then you started gaining some traction. And now yeah. what you do is you, ha- do you, is it basically that you're helping students or nurses kind of gain some more knowledge on, on being an ER nurse? Is that basically what it's all about?
1: Yeah. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, big rigs. You got the blue check mark. <laughs> what was the celebrity. Don't even talk about me being a celebrity.
2: God bless. 2000 followers. Oh yeah. yeah I really yeah. make it work. I really make it work. Oh
1: my God. I was like, but no, yeah, it, it all started off with of me helping me study. I was like, you know, you know, you get caught on Instagram scrolling through meaningless stuff. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, might as well put this time to be productive and make posts and make it about something that maybe I have no idea about, or i am not understanding clearly. So if I'm going to research it and make a post, maybe it's going to help me. Chances are, it's got to help someone else down the road. You know, love that. Like there's too many people are like just struggling doing YouTube university while they're paying for regular university. And, you know, so I was like, yeah, let's just make it this way and see how it goes. And sure enough, like a few, uh, posts that I put up either, you know, hit that algorithm on the right spot and just got promoted. Or, you know, I had help from other people on Instagram, promoting my things and just the word just helped got it, got the the page out. And so I just been putting out new topics every now and then it's been a little bit lax the last few weeks, a lot of big chains happened in uh, my life in the last few weeks. So but it's been it's been pretty neat. I mean, you get to meet a whole bunch of people all through IG you start helping a bunch of people through nursing school. And yeah, even I met a ton of people who are I'm talking to are trying to get me to that next level with going to uh, another another area nursing and whatnot. So
0: can you dive into it a little bit? Because I'm sure a lot of people like have aspirations on becoming an mm-hmm. influencer YouTuber, you know what I mean? That's like the number one job. If you ask like, 20 year olds what they want to be it's like a youtuber yeah. tiktoker was it tough getting out of the gates
1: yeah it was definitely tough because you start with zero right and you're starting with no one and then you don't want to bother your friend but hey come promote my page like yes. you have no interest in this you want that organic people that are going to come in with you so yeah i mean there was like times where you're like obsessively on instagram just like trying to uh tag people talk to people uh, network with other people like hey you promote me i'll promote you even though i'm small you know Mm-hmm. and that you just start to build a relationship and then you slowly work your way up and you start talking to companies and then next thing you know you're either sponsored by them or you can get some type of financial compensation or you just get your scrubs from them so that you can help build you up as well lo-
0: uh, yes. grow kind of thing talk to us about some of the sponsorships that you've created some of the good ones
1: yeah i mean mostly i have is the biggest one is fig scrubs i know everybody probably in the health industry knows what mm-hmm. figs are so you can kind of talk to them it's pretty hard to get into. It sounds like Um, they have to have like applications sent in and if they're not looking for ambassadors at the time, then they won't bring you in. But I started talking to them more and more and more. I mean, I had my own figs and you know, you put up your post, and you would tag them in it. And so you kind of got exposure like, Hey, look, at here I am. Come come talk to me kind of thing. Yes. And then the more I talked to them, I was like, hey, you guys got any like uh, deals going on? You know, you need any help or promoting products, starting any ideas? Let me know. I'm, I'm good with I have a few ideas for scrubs, all this and that. And they ended up talking to me. And then they're like, hey, do you want to be an ambassador? We'll give you like a discount code. Classic. And here's your, uh, set of scrubs and we'll send you scrubs. We'll send you new updates. We'll send you all this and that and you help us promote our product. I was like, boom, I'm in. So just by having that, that's a huge reach of people that can help promote your, your page as well.
2: Oh, shoot. We so we got a current active discount code that, uh, some of the nurses out there can use. Yeah.
1: Do a hashtag Merce Eric. Really? Yeah, yeah, man. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it's like Figs X Eric or some nonsense like that. Figs
0: yeah. X Eric.
1: Well, we'll figure it out one of these days. You know what? You know what? Hashtag, you have to follow my IG account to find it. There you go. Boom. What's the name of that shameless, IG account? Drop it on us, please. Mer study checklist.
0: Mer study checklist. Go check out this guy on Instagram. You're gonna see a lot of cool shit. I'm telling you. <laughs> you reached out to Figs to get these sponsorships. Is that how it worked?
1: Yeah, a lot of them I reached out my own. Um, There's a few other companies I was with as well that maybe I'm with, but not necessarily we do much together anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was just like, hey, I have this kind of nursing account, I do this, I promote these products. Sometimes I also do kind of reviews on them if I really wanted to, or most of the time, I just uh, put out my own content with helping nursing students. And I think I would have a great audience to kind of direct you towards your product. You know, you, you feed them a, a certain line that would help them, you know, understand why you want to work with them and whatnot. And it, it works out great you just got to get out there and start talking to people. I mean, the worst they're going to say is no, whatever. I wasn't starting with you. Who cares if I don't end with you? you know? Yeah. Well, There's plenty of other companies that you can work with if you really, want, really want to do it. So that's what I did. You know, just toss it out there, see what happens. If you get it, you get it. Great. If not, Oh, well, move on to the next one. I'm not going to make money off of Instagram, like thousands of dollars, or at least I'm not trying to as of yet, mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah, there, there's some plans in the works to maybe make a, like a, nursing book to essentially help with new people coming into the er and then that way you can start selling that and so you can start making a whole bunch of things like literally there's no limits to what you can do if you wanted to start like with ig and whatnot you just got to find a niche that's going to be whatever you can put through is just going to eat it up you
0: know like did you have any thoughts of ever quitting the merce study checklist like was there any times where it was like dude I do not feel like doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I I wanted to see that aspect because I know how tough it can be to consistently feel like you have to post and be present on social. You know what I mean? Like that's so tough.
1: It's tough that way. Even just Instagram, if you're not on there, you lose the algorithm so fast. And if you're not promoting your own stuff, if you're not, you know, making your own stories, making your own posts, you're getting get lost in the realm of things. Like there's so many more people making more stuff than you probably are. There's people making stuff daily. I like, twice a day, even posting stuff just to get back on that algorithm. And I was like, that is just too much work at that point. If I need to do that kind of stuff. And there was a few times where I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be done with this. This is like, I'm working, you know, 50 plus hours in the ER doing all this overtime. And it, the last thing I want to come down and do is like another post. And you want to make a post and you actually want to put some thought into it. You don't just want like a meaningless. Oh, cool. Here's my scrubs sick mm-hmm. and then move on. You want to actually add something to it that they're going to get out of it. And that takes time to do. A lot of people just see like the first like okay here's your here's your post oh that looks like it took two seconds to make when in reality if you're going to edit your picture edit your video you know you got to do all that and that takes hours behind the scenes and whatnot so it That's i mean it's not easy by any means
0: no and i don't think i i think a, a lot of people don't see that part of it mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean they just see oh well, yeah he's an influencer and a lot of people either shame the influencer status because it's still new and like Mm -hmm. everyone's just like oh my god he's trying to be an influencer whatever and and they kind of brush it off and then not a lot of people realize dude it's a hell of a lot of work were you ever at that point where you were thinking of you know what this might not be a a thing anymore
1: yeah absolutely especially when tiktok was coming viral like yes. everybody was coming hot on TikTok. And I was like, man, IG is going to be another Facebook. Here we go. We're going to move on to another platform. And I was like, I don't have the energy to start from scratch on there again. Again, like you could start it if you really wanted to and be like, hey, follow me on Instagram. Or I mean, uh, on TikTok now. But man, it's going to be so hard to start from that base level of zero. And then you got to work yourself all the way up again. You got to put out new content again. And it's like, man, what do I want to invest that kind of time on there? So yeah, definitely thought about it and saying, you know, I'm just gonna hang it up here.
0: How discouraging must must it be when you go on TikTok and you see people are getting these insane amount of views with mm-hmm. with zero following that it took you, what, five years to get to where you're at now? Have you been doing it for four years, Langer?
1: Me, yeah, I mean, since nursing school, easily. Yeah.
0: So like you, you took all this time to get 25,000 followers, over 25,000 yeah. followers, and now you look on TikTok and someone can post one video And bang, you've got over a million views. Exactly. And then they make a few videos. I mean, granted, they're
1: pretty good videos too. And they got millions of followers. Like, what happened? How did this even get there?
0: I know. Riggs, you want to ask him uh, the big question? Uh, I wonder when this is coming.
2: Are you currently in a QLC? Have you ever been in a QLC? Maybe just talk us through when you were making that decision to leave business and go into nursing. Because that's such a scary but huge decision. Like, I don't even know how you made it.
1: Definitely Q- QLC for sure. I think everybody has to go through one. I mean, if you don't, I don't know if you're challenging yourself enough or you're just, you already have your whole life planned out, which, okay, great for you. Nobody gets that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, we got a uh, business that was still going back to business. It was the huge, biggest thing right there. You know, you, like I said before, you put in two years of your time, and you're like, man, I hate this. I don't want to do any of it. You know, what am I supposed to be doing now? Two and two years, I was like, I'm done with this. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, do I even know what I want to go do going forward? I was like, I don't even know what I like, what I don't like in a job. I know I don't want to be like maybe desk job type style. Mm-hmm. What can I do? I mean, there's so many options. And I was like, school's everything now. So you got to get at least something in school. And that was the biggest thing. It took It took a while to end up going into the nursing route. What that whole period of limbo when you're not in school, you're just kind of getting through your days and you're like you're just going through the motions you're not doing anything productive for yourself and that was the biggest time it was like a huge crisis for me it was like impossible to get going I had no idea where the future was going to go with I was like whatever you know we'll just see how it goes as it goes and and then thankfully that's when I was able to go and meet up with my cousin and then she showed me around the ED and I was like okay Now we got a little bit of a purpose here. Now we got a little bit more drive. Now we know what we're going for. So
0: you brought up an excellent point that almost everyone's going to go through. Have you ever had a similar state, like where you're kind of confused with the nursing world too? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure you have.
1: I've had it in the last few years with, you know, the pandemic and a lot of people don't know how the hospitals were going to treat them. They were just felt like they were being kind of disposable at that point, you know? We begin thrown in, like I said, no gowns, no masks, not the best quality, not like the ones that are appropriate for each person. And we're like, is this even worth it to be this disposable in a huge pandemic? Is this what I want to do? Do I still want to stay bedside? A lot of people ended up leaving. A lot of people ended up leaving nursing just because they felt so used, abused and like unappreciated from their their hospitals. So I think that was the biggest crisis everybody had. They're like, what do we do with this now?
0: Now, from here on, what's the next goal for Eric Langlois? That's what I want to know. What's the next goal for you as an influencer? What's the next goal for you as a nurse?
1: Well, as a nurse, definitely in the works is trying to get up to an ICU level. The main goal at the end would be CRNA. So people who don't know, it's a certified registered nurse anesthetist. You're essentially working along lines, putting the people to sleep before surgery. You're doing a whole bunch of other things behind the scenes, uh, nerve blocks, all that kind of stuff, helping with pain. Um, A lot of times, like they're the ones to do epidurals in the OB setting and for pregnant women, you know, when they're about to give birth. So there's a whole realm of stuff that they can do in there. And a lot of times they just think that you work as like an assistant to an anesthesiologist who's already there. But a lot of times you're working in collaboration with them in the OR and a lot of times you're doing your own cases in your own OR and you, if you need help, then you can go up to someone else and ask for it. But it's pretty much a a solo job. You're on your own. You got to take care of them on your own. You got to know what to do when it's just you. So that's where I'm trying to get to.
0: That job, like you're a cowboy. You've got a lot of responsibility and long story short, you're putting people to sleep. Oh yeah. You got a
1: huge responsibility on your hands. Big time. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And I know you've had that as a goal for for a little while now. So your next goal, ICU, get into CRNA school with nursing. Mm -hmm. I love it. Let me me take a few years, but hey, we'll get there. I cannot even imagine what it would be like for Nurse Langlois to come put me to sleep. I would let you do that every day of the week.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Got the tunes going in the OR. We got it all. (laughs) That would be
0: amazing. (laughs) With the influencer, Lang, what do you see If, if you had a huge dream? On taking that somewhere, what would it what would it look like?
1: I would try to do something nursing education wise. Like I said before, it's like very small beginning process of it, but I want to start making a an ER package that's going to help you know new grads or people who have never been in the ER before start to learn like what it what to expect, the highest um stuff that they're going to be seeing, all the medications, all this and that all the procedures that they're going to be seeing in the ER and what that means. And then start putting that together in like a little guide, you know, just start trying to promote it, sell it and get people more interested in ER and, you know, try to get um, more videos put together. I want to start doing some more, um, procedural videos like how to start rvs that's biggest thing because you know every day in the er we're starting ivs and not a lot of people can do them which is yeah a skill you absolutely need
0: and how crazy is it dude that we go to school for four years and i don't know if you felt the same way but i know i did and you hop into the er in a big city like detroit and it's like what did i just do for four years what did i learn what, that what happened like yeah uh, four years of training and I, and i have no idea what the hell i'm doing
1: It's just mayhem. When you first walk in, it's just chaos everywhere. And you're just this little kid standing in the middle of the ER. Like what is happening right now?
0: Literally, you're a little, you're like a little kid that's just watching everything happen and you're just following people around.
1: I just felt like I was five years old, following an adult being like, okay, go do this, go do that. And I'm like, yes, okay, great. (laughs) You're just overwhelmed with everything.
0: I a hundred percent can see that being pretty successful because when I was new, oh my God, dude, I could have used way more mentorship. hundred percent
1: yeah that was a big thing we didn't have many mentors in nursing school all these males i didn't have any idea it was just the guys around me in my classes that you kind of count on you know yeah but other than that you had nobody
2: i think if you put like a guide together like that it could become one of those things where like the universities can't like regulate it as a textbook but then like all the profs are like listen like here's this like external resource that's like a box it. and it's like it adds so much more value like you're gonna learn a ton from it you know yeah
1: exactly Cause that's a big thing. Like in, in school, you don't really learn anything with those, you know, specific things like ED, ICU. You don't, you don't learn those two core no. groups. And a lot of people go to straight to ER or ICU and we don't learn anything regarding those two units. So I think that'd be a huge benefit to, to students who want to go in there.
0: Langer, what do you have for our guests today that they can do that has maybe, um, done something to help you out, become successful and has uh, played a key role in your success in the past. What can they do?
1: My biggest thing, you just can't have any fear. You know, you're jumping into the unknown with either it's a new change in school, change in job, new career, whatever it is going to be. The worst is already over. You've already stopped that. You already know you want to change it. Just go forward and go and try and do whatever you want to do. You already, whatever, if you want to consider it a low point, you can't get any lower than that. You're only going to get better. So just uh, let it rip. Let it have some fun. Big capital F, F F-U-N the old big guy here hey i
0: love that i love that so jump off the cliff and figure it out on the way down yeah eh? yeah
1: you'll figure it out eventually
0: i love that love that mr fun long legs big langs waluigi it was great having you on the show yeah thanks boy good catching up with you guys
2: now I'm shaking up the rush.
0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Quarter Life Crisis podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode and listening to us bozos talk about absolutely zero. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at theqlcguys.com, except for the fact that that's not true. There's no .com. Just do you.
2: Try to hold a smile, but I'm sick.